0: Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 7th of July, 2019. Last week I talked about the the dangers of just jumping into something that's offered to you as society. Because we tend not to analyze things, in fact we're encouraged not to analyze things at all by those who design the systems that we're supposed to live in and go along with without question. It's an old art, but now it's perfected with incredible scientific studies on our behavior. We're all given the same data pretty well constantly across the whole planet now, global system. And I've gone through the talks about about the behaviorists who there's many layers of them working at us all the time, sometimes in real time on the internet, other times it's computers that kick in and nudge you off to different areas. But if you're into certain areas that are really becoming taboo, and there's a lot of free thought actually becoming taboo. And there will be more and more in the future as they rein in the right to, to even, not just express anything, but think certain things too. And you'll find that you get the actual nudge units And they do have nudge units, I've given talks on them And put the links up as to who they are, etc And uh, they do, literally, will come and they'll get in touch with you After trying to nudge you off into other areas of study or whatever it happens to be Or conversation Because we're in the, this, this system that's often decried as, as being a similar to the Chinese social credit system. You've been in it for, for years, folks. What's happening today was designed before they gave you the internet. I hope you understand that. I am, I'm constantly astonished at the people who you could educate and educate and educate with evidence of how we're guided step by step into every Every year, actually, and every new thing that comes along, we're guided into it, and in how to accept things, where our opinion should be, and so on. And, and given all the evidence, but they go straight back in to thinking we're still stumbling down through time somehow, because it's just too huge for them to imagine that billions of people across the world can be guided by the same people at the same time along the same path. Nothing is easier when you understand how to do it and you have the means to do it, and the authority to do it. There were books churned out, lots of books on the global society and the the coming socialist order, etc., of the world. And before that you had the Fabian society going way back to its foundation, talking about bringing in uh, the socially controlled society, meaning scientifically controlled society. You've had all the characters that came out in the front of some of the organizations because they were front people for them, like Lord Better Russell. And you could read his stuff as a child and, and actually be carried off with it. It seemed very practical and often very illogical, the way that he talked about things. Do, do you really want repetitive war, etc.? And here's how we can avoid it. But his solutions to it all is for, again, the same controlled society by using the sciences of control, mind control, and programming of children in a perfect scientific way. And again, right through their childhood and right through their adulthood as well. Well, you're in that. That's called lifelong education, they call it. I gave talks on this when, when we, were, we were given the internet years ago and before I got to where it is today where in the 1930s and 40s they had people coming out for world socialism when them was a bishop in in london they called him the red bishop he was quite open about the need for conformity across the world and how to shape the people's minds and how it would have to start again as as always with with the children and continue he said right through your their lives that's, that's and at the time, people would scratch their heads and think, well, I'm not going to go to night school for my whole life. And, and, and you don't ha- No, he was talking about entertainment. And the, the radio in his day had taken a, a chunk of people's time with very enticing plays and, and serials where folk could, and don't forget where the word serial comes from, from series, right? <laughs> and they would tune in to find out what happens at the cliffhanger from the day before half-hour shows and things like that. And people would rush home to try and get them. Women who, who those days, in the 1930s and 40s, would all tune in to the radio or meet with friends' houses and listen to the radio to hear what happened. So you're, you've got behaviour modification as to what you're doing that day, you see. And then you have the added influence of the messaging implanted in the story, the social messaging. So it's, it's never stopped. But that was what he meant by it. And today, with, with television, that, that was incredible. What an amazing tool that was for the controllers. Eh? And Adam Curtis did some good documentaries on that alone, on how it was used. But you would really are, are today with the Internet and all the rest of it, and with worldwide, worldwide systems with supercomputers and algorithms, managing all of us and guiding all of us along where it wants you to go, you see, as opposed to where you want it to go and so on. It's getting much easier to control everybody. And you get the same flow of information, which is a, is a dearth of information right now. That's why tonight I'm not going to give you much news at all, because news, as I said, we've, we've turned the new chapter that the elites wanted for a long time. They don't want you knowing what's coming up in bills and laws and government because you, you used to protest against them and maybe change the outcome. So what they did is train society to leave it to the experts. Just play yourselves and, and use your free time for entertainment and be programmed at the same time. And then governments just, just put handouts that are dispersed through different uh, media. And and that's how you get the, the information of any laws that are passed, etc. So you see how they've, they've managed, managed to squeeze you out of participating in what's called democracy and I know it's a con democracy but they manage to put people, squeeze you out of it even even the right to really know what's going on and eventually it will be a crime if you demand to know what's going on I really mean that because the system even the Club of Rome has said democracy it would never work it didn't and it hasn't and would never work it's used as a tool you see To get everybody else to go along with with, uh, policies, thinking that you do have a say in things for change. That's the purpose of it. But in reality, as you've probably all seen, we're living in a very dictatorial system. As an example, and so this will continue from last week's talk perhaps, but as an example, I was thinking of of George C. Scott. He was a good actor, of a good actor, and a good character actor. But uh, and of course he was in some uh, just bubble gum movies too, down through the years, like anybody would do for just for the money. But he he was in one about the Hindenburg, again speculative idea of what would, what what may have caused this the big uh, uh, the Hindenburg Hindenburg bomber. The uh, Hindenburg, of course, blew up coming back, uh, um, coming from Germany to New York uh, as it was landing. So what caused it, you see? And of course, this was the 1930s when Adolf Hitler was in power. And it's a little bit in the movie, I remember, where, where they had passports been asked for and, and questions being asked to passengers leaving Germany, going to New York. And it's as, as portrayed, again, as the usual, there's nothing in the, worst the world worse than the Nazi system as though they never had that kind of thing in previous uh, and and parallel systems at that time. Of course they did, because a lot of what Hitler brought into being and it's a socialist system was taken from the communist system, you know, the you know, Soviet Socialist Republics. It was adapted into it, into, into Germany, of course. And the Soviets were far more brutal than the Nazis even were in the 1930s, because the Soviets had already slaughtered by the Bolsheviks, they slaughtered the entire intelligentsia of the country. The top leaders of it that uh, earlier on had boasted about how they wiped out a whole class, then they replaced it with with their own. You see, it's a reason how one thing is bad, but a, but a similar slaughter is somehow uh, not worth mentioning. And it's not to hold grudges, but I'm saying here's a story, isn't it. so here's the, here's the Nazis asking for passports and why are you going to New York and all. This? And I, and I thought, this is portrayed, I think it was done in the 1970s, the movie. And yet it's nothing to what we're, we've taken calmly and, and its routine today across the whole Western world going on an aircraft with a massive, bigger system called Homeland Security in the States and barrages of metal detectors and all the rest. Isn't someone just asking why you're going to visit so-and-so? It's way beyond that. But that's portrayed back then as bad, you see. How we adapt into systems. It's amazing to me how we adapt into systems which can parallel something and, and surpass something that was, that was shown as being diabolical at the time. You see how it's dangerous, it's so dangerous to forget and I've given talks on how we're trained to forget all, all these little strides that you make Because under the guise of keeping you safe They always strip you, always down through history off your rights And the first one I'd go is right of privacy You're in a dream today A dream of tyrants uh, that's our nightmare And we take it so calmly as being not for our own good, you see History, I've said before, is a horror show Down through history Down through many, many, a horror show Terrifying the public with scary stories is an old technique And then they come out and once they've convinced you the world's going to end Then they tell you what you must do to stop it And you obediently comply with their demands Very old, old trick Just like the ancient priests Ancient priests would do as a mumbo jumbo for uh, good crops and so on, and to ensure that the sun would rise the next day, the sun priests etc. And they would terrify the public um, and, and say, you know, after a bad crop, well, that's because you didn't give us enough uh, payoffs, basically, enough awards and rewards, and or enough of your labour, or your or your diamonds, rubies, or whatever it happened to be, and your gold or silver. And that's how many ancient priesthoods survived across the world. Latin America had it. You have it, of course, in in different parts across the Middle East. And so on. A very, very old technique of terrifying the people. And, of course, as they had a life of leisure, these priests, then they could study and collect information, which becomes education for themselves. And that's why it was passed on very secretively. Amongst themselves, information on the study of the stars And, and how stars moved and, and the positions of them and so on And also uh, the, the planets as well Positions of planets And then they could bring in omens, you see and, and portents and terrify the public again By knowing when you'd get eclipses Through many, many centuries of study and that was that was literally magic to the peasantry, the literate peasantry across the planet in the ancient world, where the high priests would do amazing dances and so on and terrify them with their, with their curses and oaths. And sure enough, here's a trial. It's like a trial, you know, before you, you throw your money in to them. This is what could happen if you don't. You keep giving us money to keep, make sure the sun keeps up and comes up. And it goes all dark for a while, oh my god, and what a power, right? Over literate people And you understand that the fights people had over such a long period of time To get individual rights, because you're always treated as a people That was it, the people You're the people, you're not so-and-so, you're the people And those in power have always tried to keep it the same way uh, t- individualism is the, is the worst enemy of totalitarian systems. They will not tolerate it, and they can't tolerate it. Matsu Tong said the same thing when he was asked about the things that he feared, and he thought about it, and he says he didn't fear weapons or guns or anything. He said I I, I fear someone who's got a a big idea—the same term that the Bush, George Bush, the two Bushes, actually, the father and the son, both used in their speeches on the, a new world order—a big idea they called it. Because in the circles you see, who rule the world and the club, you might say—it doesn't matter what party that you pretend to belong to—they're on the same club, and they've gone through the same rituals, etc. But the big idea, of course, is someone who comes along. And, and, and give, it comes up tonight Our religion, for instance, terrifies them it, it terrifies them Because believe it or not Religion will motivate people much quicker uh, Faster, uniformly So they'll cooperate than anything else Starvation won't do it the same way either But for cooperating with each other Along a belief system They'll do it And it terrifies them And so the first thing they had to do is is destroy, destroy uh, the the, the, the real workable religions, the ones that worked and gave rights to the people. And when I get back to the ancient religions that did the sun worship and so on, that's different altogether. These are the same characters that had sacrifices and so on. In the Christian world, it gave, for the first time, individual rights to people. Individual rights. And that's, that took a long time to ferment properly and come down through time. And you look at the end, into the 1800s, 1900s, in in Europe and in Britain, especially, the changes that that, that eventually came to be. And it took a long time to do so. And it was never made perfect or not. But look at the changes they made uh, for the rights of people. That all came from Christian societies, Included the abolition of slavery And things like that it all came from the same So always for, don't forget the things that you're destroying now Really were the end Of an era They came from the end of an era Of Christian thought And conscience Because the thought gives you conscience Being a Christian gives you conscience It doesn't justify The, the horrible societies That ruled over people No doubt about it And use people just like cannon fodder for their wars and so on. Doesn't excuse it at all. But we've got to remember that basic, basic human rights all came from the same people. And now you're going backwards. Under the guise of conformity again for the planet. And keeping you all safe. And you have less rights than you did 20, 30 years ago. And it was done without your permission. It was all done with governments just, just passing laws amongst themselves at the top, uniformly. Which were all drafted up before 9-11 even happened, apparently. You know, it came, it came, that all came out too. And now you have uh, professionals uh, running our systems. Professionals have nothing to do with, with they have doctrines, except nothing to do with democracy. Because as I said before, even the Club of Rome, the big think tank for the for the big management of the planet and sustainable growth, and etc. These these characters, are the ones who don't believe in democracy, say it doesn't work. The same thing, by the way, that you'll find that some of the, the those who were put on trial at Nuremberg after World War Two. If you ever go through, uh, and it's painstaking, of course, like most things are. They painstakingly go through things, but you find they kept going on and on and on. Trying to get people to confess to their to their ills and their evils in the Nazi Party, the upper echelons of that Nazi Party, and it was Göring, uh, who had been the, the air chief. You know, uh, he they kept it on on about him, and he he was definitely a bit a psychopathic, uh, uh, almost an actor type, hysterical type personality. He loved to he loved the show business type side of things. As a, as, a, as a leader, but he did say that the reason that Germany, in the middle of a mass depression, where nothing was working, and hyperinflation and all the rest, he said, he said the reason they brought in the Nazi party and then did away with, with the, the basic democratic rights, for it's because democracy could not work at that time, you see. And basically we're told the same thing after 9-11. They still use the term democracy, because you're still allowed to vote for leaders. Whether it's all real or not doesn't make any difference. I don't believe it's all real. And um, I think it's very much like the the Politburo of the Soviet system, because the joke was true, it was a true joke, but you get four folk to vote for, for the Politburo. Politburo member A, B, C or D, all from the same one-party system. If you look at the systems today, you're really looking at the same global, when they all have the same things in mind. Globalisation for, for, and sustainable development with carbon taxes at the top, sustainable society meaning mean population control big time, food control big time, wages control big time, all these things, energy controls big time, it's the same kind of system, folks. I don't care if they use democracy or not. When when they don't have really a a diverse goal between parties, then they're all really the same, exactly what Carl Quigley said in his own book, Tragic and Hope, that eventually the parties would all be spouting the same thing at election time to get in. As I say, we've never had... I I can remember giving the talks before 9-11 happened, and then... The the week that and the nights and the weeks that nine eleven 11 happened. And I knew there was a massive agenda going to be unrolled very quickly. And I said, the, the, the hardest thing you'll have from now on to do, the hardest fight you'll have is to hold on to your sanity. Because everything literally that was has to be destroyed to bring in the new. Everything. Because the 21st century is a century of change. And transition, as they call it. It's all change And this, this was, again, getting back to last week's talk I was thinking about it. It, um, it We were warned about it from so many different people In the know, many of them were actually in the know And in the planning system of what was to come Like you, the, the family of the Huxleys Julian Huxley was adamant uh, In the, the, the need to depopulate all the wrong peoples, meaning working classes too would be superfluous. Again, it was all a specialist class that was advising everybody, and you had the time and motions people, they called it too, for efficiency. And then you had, oh, the time will come when there's overproduction in this economic system, and therefore we'll have to have less folk looking for jobs, etc. So you depopulate a controlled, scientifically organized society, all discussed and they all signed on to, it, including Julian Huxley, of course, a avant-garde part of it, and they're all members of the aristocracy. Quite amazing, including Bertrand Russell. And then they came out, and and next thing you know, all the working classes are falling. Well, like, yeah, he speaks for me. It makes a lot of sense, you know, because all they have to do for the working classes is to offer them a few goodies here and there. They always do. Listen to, to the parties today; that are all sound the same. Vote for me, and we'll give you free this, free that, free healthcare, free education, free food. Even you know, what I mean, everything's going to be free in this in this paradise. And it's always astonished me how how simplistic it is, and how people fall for it. But then, it, 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 is, is it, I'm a bit different. I don't even have one of these convenience cards. For, for any particular store, that everybody's everybody lives on these days, apparently, for they get a little little percentage off, or they get email points or something. They, they call them mouse traps in the in, in the companies uh, that market uh, uh, come up with ideas for marketing these things. And everyone's thinking they're getting a, a few deals here and there, and they give all their data away. They're watched like you wouldn't believe. Is shared with governments and and you know and other departments and they know everything you're eating, and i have already had discussions. and I gave talks many years on this, where they, they they would have come out with different departments of health, and saying you know we're we'll notice you're eating too much of this or that or whatever it is you see, and eventually it's going to be black marks. This is this is the same system as China, don't you get it? We were doing it long before China put all that in And they didn't have to force anybody here either They just said, you know, if you take these cards And then we can watch everything you're eating and so on You'll get little discounts and all that And and away they go, it's like scratching one, away they go As I said before, what tyrant in history ever thought Of just getting them to get down on their hands and, and knees and bow to you And do anything you want them to do and, and they'll give their will to you if you just give them uh, these free offers. No tyrant ever thought of that before. Never dawned on them. They thought that they beat you into you and conquer you. Well, you're conquered without it, you see. It's just astonishing. And therefore, when you're going to be bad, if it's a bad thought, or you've looked at something on the net that piques your interest, you didn't know something, and you may go looking for more information, and it's a naughty thing to look at, and you're not supposed to, it's on the X, you know, you don't look at that thing, because your masters don't want you knowing that, whatever topic it is, or even think, it doesn't mean it's true or not, see, you're not allowed to have your opinion on anything, that's the point of a uniform opinion, In society, on every topic You're all going to be like clones of each other That's as close as I've got it at the moment Without total genetic engineering Of of a generation But, as I say, people forget so so quickly Where it all comes from Back, again, back in the 30s You you had uh, Aldous Huxley Who at least came out And Warned people About what was going to come If they didn't stay awake And take an interest In the powers that ruled over them That's why he did Brave New World it was, but it was a warning It wasn't just to get big money And get his name in the lights etc He was an oddball in the family and he, th- he had his own problems, which made him think a bit deeper, and he didn't really have a, an interest in controlling people, Where his family had always been involved in classifying different types of people and intellects and all the rest of it, and inter- intermarried even in some areas and with the Darwin family and, and so on, and social engineering, etc. But he himself saw what was coming because he was in on meetings and he listened to the people talking to and his own family that were in other meetings. Julian Huxley was up to his eyes in plans to control society, Planned Parenthood and all the rest of it. And, and UNESCO, anything that made uniform, uniform, uniform system throughout the world which they could control. So Aldous Huxley did warn people through Brave New World And perhaps at the time, it's always the same, actually. Those who are out of the loop, living their own mundane life, and it's, you know, uh, couldn't imagine it. It seemed too science fiction, way off in some distant uh, Never -never Neverland type of thing to, to, to take effect on their minds until, you know, until many years later. And yet it was already being discussed how to implement it when he wrote the book. It's all eugenics, remember, a eugenic system where people were literally bred and designed to be whatever the work they were designed to do that solved the problem for Marx's redistribution of labor, different categories of labor, and so you would only create them genetically. And they would take all the. the, the they make sure they they'd take their their medications and so on. They they didn't they didn't uh, get pregnant. But they 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 could procreate all the time and and take so as many, so many partners. There was no taboos whatsoever at all about sex. You see, in this wonderful city that they had built in the brave new world, and they could acquire any goods that they wanted, materialistic goods that they wanted, but no one was poor, but it was like a, a world of fun and play, and you, during the day you had your job assigned to you, and you were designed, literally, that the, the genes that, that they claimed that if you any unhappy genes had been removed from the, the, the sperm or the ovum, and you're guaranteed to be like, like the uniform generation of the you that was before you and whatever classification happened to be It's interesting too that Brave New World, the author of it, uh, taught George Orwell briefly for a while And then Orwell came out with his book 1984 So they had a, a, a comparison of the two books, but it wasn't just a comparison It was of things which were definitely going to come and in, and in George Orwell's day, it had come to an extent with, with communism, uh, with the boot stamping on the face, human face forever, and then had gone through the, 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 the same system in a, in a German fashion through the Nazi Party. Both big experiments, very similar experiments, social or socialism, scientific socialism as they call it. But he also knew that they did experiments Which would go further than that At the same time it should remember, it should remember too And the reason we're into this tonight as well Is because as I say, this new chapter We're in You're not getting any real news have you noticed You really aren't are you You're being kept out the loop Because they've weaned you off Of the, your right to know things <laughs> quite amazing, isn't it? So you get declarations from government, other laws and things have passed but you won't be uh, really aware of it and maybe not even concerned because there's so much entertainment out there to to follow or what the stars are doing or who's sleeping with whom and the star studied uh, glitterati, as they call it. So anyway, in 1948, Orwell's book came out and uh, it was called 1984, The Reversal of 48 He had a title which was changed to The Last Man, basically. He wanted to call it The Last Man, but his publisher didn't like that. And and it was self-explanatory in it, what happens to Winston in, in, in the book 1984, what he meant by The Last Man, and the comments of O'Brien, who is assigned to torture him, about him being, if you are the last man, you know, Maybe someone look at his face in the mirror after his teeth have all fallen out and all the rest of it He's been shocked to death with terrible electric shocks and so on The whole point was to destroy Completely destroy Your individuality The individuality that separates you from the state Whatever the state happens to be called or the system is called You and the state Until you couldn't see yourself as, as apart from the state In fact Eventually, you'd burst into your tears and be horrified if you thought this. You were barred from the state. Every thought that you had had to be the state's thoughts, and not your own. One think was a crime, and things like that. Uh, so you, you, you're, it's just fascinating to to see what was to come to. But here you are, Here you have nineteen thirty three and who taught so a man who came out with 1948. And you also had Bertrand Russell churning his books out in the 40s too about the coming uh, scientific socialistic system right through into the 1950s and 60s. And he worked with all the groups, Frankfurt School, Macy Group, all the big ones who were to set up a new culture for the planet post-World War II. This, this That's Bertrand Russell, for those who don't know that. And then you had in 1948, uh, it was published in English in in 1949, a a book too, by a a medieval, a professor in medieval studies, uh, called Etienne Gilson, and it was The Terrors of the Year 2000, and it it was something that I heard read in school. When I was a child, a teacher And it conjured up images in the mind Of, of a horrible change That would, would definitely come Around the year 2000 It's interesting too to me now Because they had big debates When, you're, when you had the, had the year 2000 if that was when that would change and they even had all the usual scary stuff out and and would time stop your Y2K, all this kind of stuff, all nonsense stuff. The same kind of stuff in a different form of the first millennium when comets would portend ill things on earth and plagues and so on, see. But they really went to town at the top with all this coming year 2000 and, and prophecies and you had the Mayan calendar and prophecies, the re- did that again later when it didn't work out in 2010 or 12 and it didn't work then either so but the fact is it's always used but what you do get out of it is the big plan the big plan was definitely planned for what was to happen from then on from 2000 onwards you had as i say intimated from from the speeches by the bushes the two Bushes, the, a new world order coming into view, a big idea. Hmm? And again, I even read these articles on there, and I said, you know, what do you think they mean by this? Uh, it's, it's like an occult language they were using, the terminology, and it was, it certainly was, absolutely it was, because everybody else is, is scratching their heads, say, what, what do they mean by this, And you know, a big idea coming into view, what kind of order, you know. And what they were telling you then too, it was all shaped and done and you had no input in it at all. That was awfully important as well. No one had been asked about your, do you mind, we've got a whole, a whole new system and way of living lined up for you. Uh, do you mind? That, of course, anything that matters, you, you, you will not get a hint at of, of, of penny paper for a vote. Never mind the internet <laughs> chronology uh, and, and doing your internet votes and so on. It was definitely planned, and the big boys at the top knew what it meant. And and you had these different smiling people at the top of the media, too—little smiles here and there of knowing smiles, as they call it. Huh? And then they even had the big debates. What does it really mean that in the top, the top uh, scientists? Came out? Well, actually, the year two thousand—you know—that actually starts in two thousand and one. Right? And so, bingo, in two thousand and one, you have nine eleven. The complete unrolling of the whole system And you think, well, we're just, okay, okay We'll we'll have to give up rights and for free to be safe and all that But did you ever think That everything had to be changed Everything that was had to be turned upside down Because that was in Etienne Gilson's book The Terrors of the Year 2000 everything that was. Like, last night I touched on different things too. It got me into it, to thinking back on the track of that, because last week uh, I mentioned about Nietzsche, for instance, and uh, how people swallow this stuff up from philosophers. And, and they don't even... See, philosophers were given almost a godlike status by the atheists in later, later years. It, it was the Muslim countries that saved most of the philosophers of ancient Greece. At least, at least, their writings for the West now to use. But you understand that that you got a false impression of even Greece, because Greece, they weren't all walking around wearing miniskirts, these guys and togas, and and prattling on about the, how, how bright and clever they were. Again, school comes from the word schola, which is leisure. It takes a leisure class, just like an ancient priesthood, even pre-Christian, for the sun gods and so on, to, to, to study stars and all the rest of it, to even impress the punters who worship them. So you need, you need free time and, and nothing else to do. You're, and the basic uh, scavenging for food or growing it has to be supplied for you and done for you. Well, that's how Greece was too for the wealthy. Even amongst themselves, they bickered and they liked a good argument about things, as opposed to having that absolute doctrine on it. But you definitely had the beginnings of people who wanted doctrines. And really, it was the early church that gave some credence to some parts of the logical ideas of logic from Greece and philosophy and kept that going as well. But it didn't elevate the philosophers up to a status higher than the gods. So many things are, are misconceptions that we have today. But getting back to, to Gilson, he talks about the trepidation of things to come. And and see Nietzsche, last week he said, But Nietzsche, they got me onto this topic again. When he literally uh, came out and declared, you see, that, that, that no man was God. If there's no God, then what am I? Then I am God. The same, same phrase, actually, is the, the very popular mantra of the New Agers. It's called New Agers today, who literally think they can go through different rituals and, and become a God. And remember the old documentary by Shirley MacLaine, who... Chats about it, and and then you see her on the beach as the heli- helicopter goes higher and higher, and she's she's spinning around, saying, "I am God, I am God," I'm telling a little squeaky voice, said, "I am God." Yeah. And that that again is the end result of throwing order out of the window. The new age, as it developed, was to gain power. Unfortunately, and when man becomes God, to gain power. Then you have chaos, as they all put spells on each other. And they all hate each other and use or abuse each other. You're back to primitive chaos. They don't want, uh, basically, a religion which steadies them. And it steadies people by giving them rules, basic rules of rights and wrongs, not not just for an order, the order, whatever the order is they join, but literally an order for life and living itself. And most of the time, they'll, they'll miss all, all of the, the points that are given out to them of improving themselves. Because often, improving yourself means you must give something up. And they don't have the patience to wait and see what happens by giving something up. And therefore the greatest things, or miracles as used to be called, will pass them by and and they don't notice them or they don't experience them, they don't have them. And so they go deeper and deeper into invocations and sacrifices and terrible things like that to try and get that power. Of course there's courage at the top, because anything you join that's a systematic system, you know, basically a formula. Also is a pyramid with the controls at the top. You Not know, all religions can go the same way, with controls at the top. When they get infiltrated or corrupt themselves, and anything that's done by humankind always ends up corrupt anyway. as human nature, so there you go. So in the more you throw off the controls of human nature, which are self-imposed and voluntary then the more corrupt the system becomes. That's how it is really. That's, that's a very simplistic way of putting it, but uh, in a simplified way. But the fact is, that really is what present-day magic has brought people to. And they miss the point of it all. And they don't want something that's been so maligned and abused and, mis- and misused too over time, and that's what happens as Christianity, they don't want that, we we are given the choices of doing the right thing or the wrong thing, and everybody knows what's right and wrong, you all do, I don't care who you are, you know it. So, the terrors the year 2000, where everything would happen, and everything that once was forbidden... Warned against would become the norm all all rights were turned upside down. That's what Gilson was talking about and he was taking it from a again a a, a, almost a canonical type of viewpoint from the Middle Ages onwards and How humanity Existed and saw itself from a different strata of society all the way down through time to the present, at uh, uh, that time, the present time he was living in. And as he mentioned Nietzsche as well, that again, if God is dead, then who is God? Then I, man is God, you see. And all the things that were prohibited, and generally to keep a society safe, even workable with your neighbors and else, could be turned upside down and thrown out the window, you see. When all, when all, the, all the, 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 the laws and rules for survival and, rights and don't steal the basic commandments and so on, were, were, all those things were just tossed out the window. If God was dead, then what was impossible? Nothing became impossible. And that's the terror, you see. That's one of the biggest terrors. That now nothing is impossible. Killing millions of people now is possible. That that goes in again to talks I've given on on Kissinger and Brzezinski, big top security advisors, and Brzezinski saying the same thing and Kissinger as well. I think he went along with it and said the same thing himself. They both said the same things often because they both to the same organizations at the top. And at one time it was was, was, uh, almost uh, impossible to kill a million people, and dispose of them, and deal with it, the manpower, logistics, and the rest of it. But but and then it, but now but now it was it was easier easier to kill millions of people, to kill them. Than contain them and manage them. All these things tie into what I'm talking about, right? The terrors of the year 2000, from the actual book itself. It says is. In very truth, it's a beautiful, frightening, and penetrating prose poem, in a sense. And Gilson gives to us, without scholarly references, even enigmatically, in what uh, concerns his medieval base histories of uh, Raoul Glaber and others too. That's all contained inside of it, because he it, it, it draws from previous authors and writers. And some of, some of the book actually came from one of his friends who died already. I think it was fossil If you read it, it's a good read to make you think. For those who like thinking, a lot of people now today uh, don't want to think. Anything makes them uncomfortable, and been trained, of course, to turn away from anything which might make them a wee bit edgy or, or uncomfortable on something, they'll turn away from it because it's, it might be scary But yourself. The last thing you want is, is maybe impose self-restrictions upon yourself or, or maybe you should change this or that or whatever, you know Or maybe you should be involved in certain things Although uh, even people who, in a Christian sense Used to take it that the world was evil And technically, you can't, I can't really <laughs> disagree with them uh, The things of the things of the world that happen in it Because of humanity itself can be definitely evil Let's, let's admit that at least Admit it Then The animals have no choice On what they do to each other Predators and prey And even even You'll find even chipmunks will fight each other over, over food in an area They can't help their behaviour So here we are With our ability To think and choose But inside humanity, you have the different types cropping up. And there's no doubt about it, the psychopathic group have always had a high position. If not governing the world and the countries of the world, then administrating it and planning it for those who own it. That's where I have come to conclude a long time ago. But anyway, as I say, Gilson goes through some of the histories from 1914 onwards throughout Europe what happened and the horrible wars that were millions of men threw themselves against other opponents millions of men and really what was the first mechanized war and more perfected weaponry and it was the first war where they admitted that everybody all civilians were, were part of it. It was called total warfare. That became a, a, a dogma, a theory taught in, in officer training in Britain initially, and then spread outside Britain to other countries, to total warfare that no one in a nation could be basically left alone. They're all a likely target because you're, you're making something or you're keeping, just like, the, just like we do today. You, those starved nations... I don't say you, I shouldn't say you, you don't starve nations, but those who rule you starve nations for their own agendas uh, to make people supposedly overthrow the, the guys who are ruling them. So, starve you into this is the hope they have to starve you into, into they rebel and overthrow whoever's ruling over you. What a very humane way to do things, eh? Very civilized indeed, very intellectual. This is the 21st century and they're still doing it, eh? Oh, ah, yeah, 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 So, believe it, the same characters under sustainability are going to do the same with all of you, all of you folks in rationing, etc. I've already read some of the articles in the past where they've discussed this. And it is... It may come under different terminology, but it all I means the same thing. They're awfully good at, at hiding things with terminology to confuse you. But anyway, I'll definitely go through a little bit of this, things to come, as I say, with Terrors of the Year 2000. And that's where he traces it back to as well, as people like Nietzsche and the philosophers who, who trained you step by step into the acceptance of the utter horror of it all, a horror, I mean, 1914 should should have shown them that you couldn't go on with a war right away, it was so obvious, where machine guns, the heavy-duty machine guns on, on bipods and tripods, they could fire 600 rounds a minute and belt-fed ammunition, were placed along the trenches every, sometimes 10, 15, 20 feet. So anything running towards them On a flat plane Got halved in too And they, they could not You couldn't miss them With armies they weren't allowed even As they attacked to, to lie down and crawl Towards an enemy To give themselves a lower profile No And they kept that upright right through the whole war Well If that's civilization you can keep it And then they added Gases to try to you know Again, all the things, getting back to, to, to the idea of Nietzsche Where all the, all the things that made things horrific to, to the sensibilities Were now tossed out the window, all the rules Therefore anything was possible, nothing was prohibited You understand? Nothing Total war itself, except the fact that might have to annihilate whole, whole nations of people That went right on and through World War II Whole nations of people. And it's still the policy of some countries at the moment. All because, as I say, the the Europeans first had tossed out the window for various, some of them good reasons as well, and, and terrible industrial revolutions and poverty and squalor galore of a society that became hardened because of the conditions and threw the religions out the window and, and uh, allowed their leaders to grab Nietzsche And all the other philosophers too They were going along with it They tossed the religion out the window And it made everything possible Nothing was unthinkable And it's been on a roll ever since, folks All that was right is now wrong All that was wrong is now right Gilson also talks about In, in his book, remember 1949 It was published that They called it pasteurism at the time For Louis Pasteur Who of course the, the was a great discoverer Of bacterium and studied it off it too And pasteurization of milk But it, they called it pasteurism Actually it, it was better known at that time For biowarfare but didn't have the term biowarfare But he's talking about the banks of, of the arsenal of stuff they were creating back then And had been during World War II Up until his book was published Of, of diseases And altering them to be more efficient killers of humanity. All that was unthinkable became thinkable. Some of the highest people on the planet are paid to go off in the mornings. They may have very, in fact, they all have very wealthy homes, live a very wealthy lifestyle, all paid by our tax money, and they design ways of killing us and other peoples. And we call this civilization. We live in. Hmm. And Gilson also talked about how they could change genders of people by design, by designing babies. This is in the 40s. And how they wouldn't stop there. They make new types of humans to suit specific jobs I've talked about this before There's definitely branches of science and biology And uh, they talk about uh, bioengineering Humans, uh, actually coupled with animals if, if need be, different genes To create specific types of humans That can even go under sea And become divers and welders and so Without the need for a scuba gear, etc and this is, this is genuine stuff, I'm not, I'm not making it up. The, X, the X-Files, that's all part of it, that's where it all came from, it's all this kind of stuff, discussed a long time ago. Because there's nothing to stop anything from happening today, you understand? Because uh, the, the rules that kept people uh, fr- from, from experiencing the horror uh, was, was not to even allow it to happen, that's been thrown out the window. And now you get the sense, sense of it all coming in waves, you see And you experience the horror And it'll be done scientifically And you'll be, you'll be persuaded into it, like Huxley said You come to love your servitude No matter how bad it is, and how demanding it. is You'll love your servitude You'll be convinced and nudged into it By, by the nudge behavior groups, behavioral insights teams, and so on It's all here, folks and the West goes sterile, and doesn't even stop and ask why. And doesn't ask, the, the obvious question is, how come it's not a crisis? It must be, it's not a crisis because it's planned that way, obviously. Or it would be a crisis. Huh? If, if there's a crisis, you might all go extinct. Believe you me, the farmers who own us would want to find out what's causing it, and they would stop it like any other farmer, obviously. But it's interesting too that because of the that they knew they create different kinds of designed humans. You go into the impact of science on society, but Bertrand Russell tie that in with it too, and you'll see what he talks about. It's all connected. Russell said on page fifty. I've read this before too, and it's good to repeat things to people because they forget so fast. He even mentions how repetition is so essential to condition you well see repetition on yourself is essential for you to free yourself as well he said anyway he says 50 that philosopher laid it down that education should aim at destroying free will right This is the guy who worked with the Macy group who was designed to set up as a massive uh, Inter, international think tank to create a post World War II culture, which would be totally under control, and creating free sex and all the rest of it, then coming with abortion to, 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 to deal with the fallout of the free sex, etc., etc., and the destruction of the family unit, yada yada, all that stuff. They plant, They worked with it. They worked with all what's called the, the radical groups, the socialist groups. They worked with the groups the, the Frankfurt School, for instance. And the Macy Group were also given the authority to do so, to create a new culture by Eisenhower, it was, when he became president of the U.S. So they weren't just doing a thing all on their own. This is still to the same today. The big groups of runners have authorization from the, at the top. Some of them don't even know that, but the guys who rule them and, and, and run them, they do know this. It's all... It's been planned that way So 50 laid down education Should aim at destroying free will See you do free will By destroying the individual right? So that after people Have left school They shall be incapable Throughout their lives The rest of their lives Of thinking or acting otherwise Than as their schoolmasters Would have wished But in his day This was an unattainable idea What he regarded as the best system in existence, produce calamarks. In the future, such failures are not likely to occur where there is dictatorship. And that's the famous part, too, that I've mentioned many times and many folk have caught on to. Diet, he says, the food that you're, 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 that you're given, right, is available for you. Injections. And, yes, he went on to say that injunctions, laws and so on. Will combine from a very early age to produce the sort of character and the sort of beliefs that the authorities consider desirable. And any serious criticism of the powers will become psychologically impossible. Think of all you tell your social credit system and you're already seeing it to your naughty naughty, no money for you this week, you see? Things like that. That's how it's done. Any serious criticism of the powers of it will become psychologically impossible. Even if all are miserable, all will believe themselves happy. Because the government will tell them that they are so. A totalitarian government with a scientific bent might do things that to us would seem horrifying, he says. Hmm? Again, getting back to Nietzsche, think about Nietzsche, nothing would become impossible, you see. If there's no God... Then all the rules that you had, morality rules and so on, moral rules, are out the window. Hmm? That made a lot of people excited of what they could get. do there, right? So, he goes on about the Nazis. He says they were more scientific than the present rulers of Russia when he wrote the book. I were more inclined towards the sort of atrocities that I have in mind, he says. They were said, I don't know that, with what truth to use prisoners in concentration camps as material for all kinds of experiments, some involving death after much pain. If they had survived, they would probably have soon taken to scientific breeding. So the whole point of it is getting at in socialism, they'll eventually take you to scientific breeding. Any nation which adopts this practice will, within a generation, secure great military advantages. The system, one may surmise, will be something like this, except possibly in the governing aristocracy. All but 5% of males and 30% of females will be sterilized. This is a guy who is exposing it under the guise of, you know, he's actually advocating it. Because he worked with the the groups that gave us the present system, that gave you a lot of these things that are already happening, and th- th- that's this also gave give um, uh, ideas to a lot of authors to write books on it, and get the handmaid's tale and things like that. All these things come out of of characters like like Russell, who was at the head of massive organisations and so, for social engineering. So anyway. we. It says all, but five percent of males and thirty percent of females will be sterilized. The thirty percent of females will be expected to spend the years from eighteen to forty in reproduction in order to secure adequate cannon fodder. As a rule, artificial insemination will be preferred to the natural method. That's also where George Orwell. I mean, it wasn't just all, It wasn't just one person saying this. This was knowledge amongst those in the know, and George Orwell. Uh, knew too that the in 1984 they would sort of do away in his idea, with with the uh, family units eventually, and and even make it taboo to have uh, just just random sex. I think, you see. So what they eventually came up with is to promote sex, and then train the people on the way of Julian Huxley's idea: promote sex, the follow will be mass pregnancies, uh, unwanted. And then the state will come in and either pay for women um, to have children at home, just without, without men involved, deceptive for impregnancy, and, uh, or else abortions. That's how it all worked out. You never li- live through an era of a system. You never live through an era of a system uh, where you're really uh, your own person, with your own mind, and your own, you're a, an independent thinker. Very Very few people today uh, are actually. And you're given things to chase, and you do chase them. You're given leaders to follow, and you'll, you'll follow them as well, without even noticing when they may be taken over or showing their true colours. And if you come out with a lot of factual evidence, they, they can be verified. They'll put out someone behind you with a lot more money, put out the same information that will grab your stuff. And I'll add crazy things to it, like the space aliens involved or whatever it happens to be. And then you're lumped in with the craziness of them. That's that's counterintelligence. That's what it's called. Again, getting back to getting back to not just uh, Matsy Tung's idea, but but history. Uh, his greatest fear was a big idea that wasn't their own. You see. So if you come out with a big idea of who's running the world and so on, you rule. Um, It won't be easy for you It really won't be easy for you And Russell said it But Russell also said in his own book too That if you came out with a lot of information And you couldn't be won over If you had a good mind And you you could convey things to people naturally And you can be won over And work for them And take all your scholarships And go to the right granite stone buildings To be taught And impressed and awed By all the statues of famous people That before you if you wouldn't go along with them Then they would have to basically eliminate you and I mean annihilate you Because you might use your, your your mind And the knowledge of what they were doing to you All of the people and, and inform the victims The general public of what was going on Then they'd have to eliminate you You see They're quite open about it Quite open indeed Anyway I've been kind of rambling on here But, but so that was just basically what came to my mind Because as I say I do have articles here of news, but I, they're, they're worthless as far as I'm concerned because it's just—it's just we don't get news more anymore. We, we get just handout statements from authorities of things that maybe are, are, are done or whatever. But really, there's nothing which you can participate in and complain to government. They don't want you complaining, so you—you you, you now you leave them alone to to play themselves in government. Well, that's what a lot of them actually do these days. Do you realize that, and I gave that. remember giving the talks years ago that the, the politicians literally were given big sums of money as, 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 as like grants by the government, and they could take acting lessons on deportment and so on, and they already have their own speechwriters, everyone's written for them, but they even have their own PR departments for some of the politicians. If they're wealthy enough they can have their own PR company To put out all the, 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 the Fake stuff that they want you to believe Right? Royal families have it of course And different branches of all royal family Even the couples have their own PR companies To keep their names in the paper That's where you're seeing them everywhere now And all the drama like a soap opera but who's not talking to it, That's all made up nonsense Because they are, they're also going by hits they got PR managers in the digital age. Eh? There's hardly out there anymore that's real. Pretty tragic, isn't it? That this 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 luminescent screen eh, that that's taken over your lives and runs it all is giving you a completely fake reality, and now of course it's it's simply diverting you off into. Other areas that you maybe don't even need to go Or didn't want to go into When you're looking for genuine information They actually say And I've heard people in, in uh, universities in Canada They certain panels used to come on television years ago With these authorised professors that all, And you always knew who was the head honcho one amongst them They actually announced there were certain topics were just too sensitive for, for the public to be informed about that's what they said live on television. You're just too, you're just too wild and crazy. You see, you're you're not intelligent enough to handle certain kinds of information. I'm not kidding you. Now I don't know who it was. But I won't say it because I certainly will be persecuted for it. And uh, that's how things really are these days. It's getting pretty nasty, isn't it? But anyway, just think about it too. From all different people who have. Helped to destroy that which was. Under the guise of philosophies, step by step. And then, then substitute themselves and their philosophies. They all have a, a, again a pyramid type of system. There's always a capstone at the top, folks. And when they're in unison across the world, with a unified a plan across the whole planet for every every peoples. Then you can guarantee They're all working together on it Of course they are And they used to be more open about it But then they clammed up a bit After 9-11 They've got to still think, make you think you still have nations Well they have you pay for it all For the wars that still have to be fought And then you would be back to the those You were all global before In the 90s we're all, we're all global <laughs> It was a common expression Then suddenly you become nations again When you have to When you have to uh, fight wars and then be back to being global. But the global aspect has never changed. And with technology, it's the same technology across the whole planet is getting used here. And China was to be the model state for the planet, according to the United Nations. They did television documentaries on it, using those very terms. And you weren't asked about that, were you? Of course you weren't. But you still see you're democratic, won't you? Anyway, from myself, from a, a blabbering night, I'm afraid. Because, as I say, it's uh, there's nothing in the newest interest to me. And most of the stories are so irrelevant in the passing of time, really, that they're hardly worth uh, talking about. You can get plenty just to reinforce what, what I've said tonight, I suppose. Because you see the fallout of it as things get crazier and crazier. When, as I say... All that was is to be destroyed to bring in the new, and it means that everything is now the opposite—opposite opposite everything and opposite values, opposite laws, and even the rights and wrongs are are completely reversed now. Until the opposite is often even complaining about what used to be bad might be deemed uh, evil and uh, and illegal. It's astonishing, isn't it? And all came supposedly. When we hit 2000 2001, the real start of the 20, 21st century Interesting Remember you can you can Buy the boots and discs at cuttingthroughmetries.com And remember too You can send cash You can use cashless systems And you can also Send international postal money Orders if you're outside Canada From the post office, easy to do very small fee for that, compared to some of the other ways of of transmitting it, and people can s- still send their personal cheque as well. There's ways to do things, because things will get worse and worse as, as as we all get nudged and nudged and warned and cut off, and, and it's it's just like sheepdogs. Sheepdogs, if you watch them on a on a, working on a on a group of sheep a uh, herd, can it literally single out? one or two according to the whistles you know that language of whistles by the shepherds they used to have these these uh, sheepdog uh, demonstrations in britain and Wales, especially was a really good ones in Wales, and they that the, i so well trained the, the two dogs could literally go into a pack or a herd as you say of sheep and and separate the one or two that they wanted or whatever it happened to be well that's what happens to us now they're separating you and just nudging you off away from the crowd and try to isolate you in a different pen from the rest of society, right along the lines of Bertrand Russell from Ontario, Canada. I'm Alan Watt, and it's good night to me. A God, your God, go with you.